Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. How many know in life we all go through something called disappointments? There's not a one of us in this room that could not share a list of things that have happened inside of our life, whether from childhood, whether from your teenage years, whether when you got married or uh, since that time, that you've had disappointments. It could have been a disappointment that you had with the son or daughter where you gave them everything, you poured your whole life into them, and now today they have nothing to do with you. It could have been a situation inside of your life where there was a broken marriage, and from that broken marriage, it caused a, a, a tailspin for you to go into, and you've never been able to pull out of it. We're going to look at the definition of these here things first, and then we're just going to go right from that story of the woman at the well in just a moment there. So this again is a continuation of the series that Pastor R.G. and Mary started on emotions, on disappointment and sorrow. The definition for disappointment is very, very interesting. It said it's a clever emotion to deal with because every day it can bring about new situations uh, to a disappointed one, and none of us, and we need to recognize this, are exempt from that. Sometimes disappointments come at rapid speed, as the proverb actually says. People say it today, when it rains, it pours, because it comes over and over. And yet the scriptures speak about, uh, the scriptures speak about unrelenting disappointments. In other words, you get through one thing and then something else hits you. It's waiting at the door for another hit. We're going to be covering that in a few moments with Job's wife. But the Bible also says unrelenting disappointments make the heart sick, but a sudden good break turns things around. I'm here to tell you today, I believe that there's going to be a sudden good break that's going to start today in the hearts and lives and emotions of his people that's going to turn things around. One of the first Psalms that I ever memorized was in Psalm 23. And in Psalm 23, 1, it says, the Lord is, everybody say, the Lord is my shepherd. It says, I shall not want. I shall not be deficient. I shall not be lacking for any good thing. It said, he leadeth me by the still waters. He leadeth me by green pastures. And then it says, he restoreth my soul. I believe this morning in this next little while that God is going to restore the soul. Literally, the word restoring the soul means he causes my life to return again. Can you say amen? There's individuals in here that feel that you've lost your life. You feel that there's no purpose in life and that there's no hope in life. I believe in the next few moments, God is going to get that back inside your life and the hell's work and hell's lives are going to be shifted off of you and heaven's work is going to be be invoked inside. Anybody agree with me and believe that today? Praise God. The word disappointing means to fail to fulfill the expectations or wishes of. I believe in every relationship there's expectations that you have. There's expectation of church members that they actually have of their pastors and expectation that the pastors have of their church members. There's expectations that wife have of their husbands and there's expectation that, uh, that the men have of their wives. And sometimes in life the 
people, we put unreal expectations upon them that they are not able to connect with and not able to fulfill. And because of that, they put them on guilt trips and other things out there. People will say all the times, well, you know, I I got married because I just want to be happy. Well, I want to just tell you something. If you think marriage is going to be the answer to your happiness, you're missing the whole purpose of it. You need to be content in who you are and you need to be happy in God before you ever do get married. Come on now, because your happiness is not found in your spouse. Your happiness is not found in your husband or wife. Your happiness is not found in your best friend, but your happiness is found in God. Come on. Your completeness is found in God. Your joy is found in God. And listen very carefully. The disappointments that you experience sometimes is because of unreal expectations you might put on people that they, they can't just do what it is that you want them to be happy. Come on. So it goes on and it says to fail or to fulfill expectations or wishes of and to defeat the fulfillment of hopes, to defeat the fulfillment of plans, to thwart or prevent a person from accomplishing a purpose. And then this word, anybody ever been frustrated? Come on, raise your hand. You ever been frustrated? Okay. It means to frustrate or make plans or efforts worthless are of no avail. And then the second, uh, the synonyms actually of the word that we know as disappointment would actually be depressing, disconcert, discouraging, disheartening. Anybody ever have anything discouraging that hits your life? disheartening that hits your life, when those damaging, when those emotions get damaged, man, discouragement just comes in. We all have expectations. We all have things in life, and people can't always meet them. I know in my life, and I opened up a little bit in the first service uh, in areas that I've never really opened up in my past before. I know that in my childhood, there was great disappointments that were there with inside of my parents, okay? My parents came to know Christ in the latter years of their life, but in the earlier years, there was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of bickering that actually went on inside the house. And as a child, I didn't realize how deep the sorrow was. I didn't realize how deep the disappointment actually came, but it started directing and motivating my life and affecting my life. I lived with the spirit of rejection from a very, very young age. As a matter of fact, I lived with that rejection actually from the womb, and that affected me inside of my identity of who it was that I was. When mama got pregnant with me, she didn't want any more children, but she had my older brother and my older sister, and then she just didn't want more. So the disappointment that I raised with was, so I tried to say, okay, mom and dad aren't happy today because it's me. Our mom and dad aren't happy today because of what I do or my behaviors. So I got into what we call a performance-based behavior to try to do everything right so that mom and dad could be happy. Well, how many know that's a yoke that God never put on a child? That's something he never put on. But many of us have done that and many have been uh, operating in roles that there was never a grace to do, but you ended up operating in role and being the mother or being the father with inside the home. And here you are, just a young man or a young woman, and, and, and there's no grace to actually do that. And so you did it and it actually ended up in frustration. And the harder that you tried, maybe it just didn't work out like you thought it was going to. Can anybody relate with what I just said? Okay. And then there's the sorrow aspect that comes in. I remember now many, many years ago, uh, uh, about the deep pain that actually hit my life. And this is going back, uh, he's 44 years old, so probably 45 years ago, I remember being faced with the choice. Every one of us is faced with a choice inside of our life. We saw Adam and Eve were faced with the choice in the garden. We could see the sons were faced with the choice, Cain and Abel, to do what was right in the garden, or after the garden. So we can see that we all live by our choices in there. And uh, my parents and others had made a choice for me that I was to go to New 
New York City. And when I was going to New York City, I was to abort the child that we actually had, uh, that, that I got my girlfriend pregnant. I'm not proud of that. I was not a Christian and I was not walking with God. But the only place that they had abortions at that time was in New York City. So the ticket was paid. The visit to the, wherever the clinic was, was all paid for and everything else. And the night before, I really, I didn't know the voice of God, didn't know God, was raised in the church, knew about God, but didn't know God. But the night before, I just said, you know what? This ain't right. This ain't right. And so I made a decision that, that, child, that I was going to have the child. Well, it cost dearly over there. And I ended up being very, very disappointed and then very, very sad the way that relatives and loved ones and people that I had known even treated me afterwards in that their thing. But the good news is on the other side is we had Pastor RJ and he's here today to be a great blessing today on the other side of hope. So, you know, we look back over those there, but there was a disappointment in there. There was a disappointment in family. And sometimes families do what they believe uh, it, it, it is best. You know, I'm disappointed even within our nation over here right now, okay? That uh, a pastor, just like Pastor Rick, uh, Pastor RJ, or Pastor Rick over here, and the pastors at WCF is preaching over in Toronto in this last month, and everybody knows what's been going on in uh, downtown Toronto. And uh, there's people that are there on the streets that are actually totally naked walking on the streets. And there's little kids, there's little boys, there's little girls that are out there with their families on the Sunday afternoons. And these people are walking on the streets in Canada, okay? And there's law enforcement that is there, but they don't get arrested. They don't get put in jail. But you get a preacher that's saying some things out there about God, saying something about God, how God loves people, and he's calling people to repent. Come on now. And he gets arrested, and the other people just go scot-free out there. I don't know about you, but that's a discipline. That brings great sorrow to my heart. It's amazing today that can happen in different nations and terrorism of any kind should, you know, is wrong, it's brutal, it's, it's not right. Come on. Amen. And the reality, the reality of the whole thing is, is their sons and daughters, somebody's son, somebody's daughter, and nations today are literally being imprisoned and others are being raped, others are being violated, others are being abused, and it's a disappointment that the media won't even cover those their precious lives of the girls that are being kidnapped, the people that are being kidnapped, their belongings that are being stolen, and it's like the world remains silent on that. The world remains silent today on the nations today that have actually forbid Christianity with inside of their nation today. And they don't want anything to do it. Well, that's very, very disappointing to me. That's very sorrowful to me because this is part of my family and it's part of your family called the body of Christ. And this is somebody's son, somebody's daughter. And then even on top of that, what bothers me above everything else is you hear people disappoint us today and they say, well, you know, Canada, it's not a Christian nation and politics, you know. One of the greatest uh, warnings that Wilkes Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army brought in facing at the end of the 19th century going into the 20th century. He said, one of the greatest dangers that I see in the world that we live in today is where you have religion uh, without with religion with, listen carefully, you have politics today without religion. And he said that because he felt that the moral code that was established in England at that their time was totally being violated and overlooked out there. Well, let's tie it into the 
21st century over here in our nation right now of Canada. I love Canada. I love the people of Canada. I love the diversity in Canada. There's a lot of great things that I love about Canada. Can you all say amen? And there's things that you should. But you know what? The generation today, I'm disappointed today, does not know the history of the nation of Canada. Come on. Many Christians are totally ignorant of the history of Canada and its Christian roots and its Christian influence and biblical references. As a matter of fact, if they've never, and, and because they don't know the, the inherited roots of why all the policies were made and the laws in our nation were made, and now we're undoing the laws. We're changing laws that were made from many, many generations back. And the people don't even realize it today. And then you got a whole group of Canadians that don't even give a flip. They're more concerned about getting out of here for the rapture than they're about occupying and taking territory and fulfilling the great commission of the Son of God. And they're not concerned about their children. They're not concerned about their grandchildren. They're not concerned about the generation. They're not concerned about the Christian voice with inside the land. And you say, well, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, they don't even vote. I believe if all the Christians inside this land would vote, every Christian inside the land should be a pro-lifer. Everybody in the Christian journey. Now, if you had a mistake in that and you made a bad choice in the past, I'm not here to blame you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to release and say that God does forgive us of the mistakes and the wrong choices that we made. But the fact of the matter is we actually took a human life when we actually had an abortion out there. So we're not saying that to condemn you. There's forgiveness from the cross of Jesus. But listen, go and sin no more. Let's get on and build our life. Let's go on and build the journey and move on from where we were at over there. But the reality is that's a precious life. And any believer, listen very carefully, any believer that says, well, you know, I just believe this is fine and I believe it's okay. You haven't had the touch of the cross of Jesus Christ and understood what it was that he paid for you, not only for your salvation, not only for your sins, but also your, from your deliverance of the ways of this world, of the lures of this world. You have the power abiding and residing, sir and ma'am, on the inside that you can now, by the grace of God, make the right choices and the right decision and live an abundant life in God. Doesn't mean it's going to be disappointment free, but you have the power now to live the abundant life. So the Peace Tower, just for example, the exterior east window says, he shall have dominion also from sea to sea, Psalm 72, 8. And then the south window says, give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son, Psalm 72, 1. The west window, this is in your parliament. This is what your leaders in this land believe. This is what the leaders in this land established. They recognize that politics can only be governed by a sovereign God and they said his dominion shall be from sea to sea most Christians don't believe that it goes on and I could take you to the whole list I've been in the parliament I went to the parliament I had an open door to the parliament working with them and then things happen people vote and people don't vote. Come on. Yep. And then politicians, leaders get in. Yep. Not here on agenda, not here to say any good party. But when you look at the laws that are being made, that your kids can be taken out of your home by children's aid, if you say, I don't agree with this lifestyle. Yep. If you don't believe it, just type it in. Wikipedia, go, go to Google. Go and search it out. 
and see the family in Hamilton, Christian family, they have their kids taken out. And see the cost of the court cases that are going on. And see the people, listen very carefully, see the people, we need to have righteous judgment inside of our land. We need to have a land that's just and equity, not a land that's corrupt. Come on now. Not a land that does all this stuff. I'm just stating right now, you get out there and you vote. Can you all say amen? amen? I won't tell you who to vote for, but just look at the issues that are confronting your life. If you care about people and you really care about the country, then see what's the most important thing. And it's not, listen very carefully, your economy. It's not your pocketbook. It's about how's the family value? How's the family order that God has instructed being carried out? How's this going to affect the living word of God that's going on in our land? And everybody said amen. Amen. What I've recognized in over the years is that disappointments, they hit us in our nation making laws that are totally, totally ungodly today, and then passing them. That's a disappointment to Rick Shimatero. That causes a deep wound and a deep sorrow in my heart. But what I want to talk to you a little bit today is what about the woman at the well? What about the disappointment she had to experience? We don't know much about her. Kathy actually sent me uh, this morning the whole history of this woman after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the influence that she actually had and the life that she actually lived for and and how she was actually canonized. She's actually very... uh, Uh, very holy, very reverenced uh, to this day in in, in a whole area of that part of the world in the Middle East. But I want to just share about her right now. How disappointed do you think she was when she actually had five husbands and now she's living common law? Apparently she was raised up in the faith because it shared that she knew where her fathers had worshipped at in the the mountains of Samaria. Apparently she was very knowledgeable even of the scriptures that were there and Jesus got in the discourse of it. But have you ever wondered why this woman in the hottest part of the day was actually at the well when there was no other woman that normally at that time of the day were there? She was there probably because the city and community that she lived in was probably around between 300 and 500 people during that their day in Sychar. It's one of the capitals of Samaria of that day. But what's interesting about this woman was she went during the, the hottest part of the day. Well, the woman that carried the water that went to the wells to get their water for their family, they never usually went in the afternoon. They always went in the first part of the day because it was a little bit cooler before all the sun came up. Come on. But she went there. Have you ever wondered why? Probably because of the shame that she actually experienced from the first marriage. Or maybe it was the second marriage. Or maybe it was both. But it didn't stop there. and went on to five different marriages. Could you imagine the children that were all there and the shame that they must have felt also? Could you imagine the pain that she must have felt when she would actually go to the synagogues of that day? Could you imagine, you know, she probably wasn't like a lot of churches even able to have communion and break bread. Could you imagine the, the disappointments that she must have had and the disappointments that could have been caused with relatives and family members who at one time rejoiced at the marriage and said, man, this is going to be their second one and it's going to work. And then it pans out and then it goes to the third one. Could you imagine all the people that this whole thing affected and the sorrow of heart that it must have caused them all? Come on. And then what happens? The son of God comes and talks about the rivers of living water. He just brought it out where she had been. He didn't condemn her. He wasn't there throwing stones at her. He loved her. Can you all say amen? Had a conversation with her. And guess what? 
She went on to be uh, uh, one of the heroes of faith. See, what I've learned about God, and when disappointments and frustrations and sorrow gets an anchor inside of my soul, I've learned about God that he's a good God. Amen? I learned that he's a restoring God, and he wants to cause our lives to come back together again. As a matter of fact, if you think you've ever had a bad day, has anybody really ever had a really, really bad day? Come on, raise your hand for just a moment. Stand up for just a moment if you've had a really, really bad day. Okay? A really, really bad day in your life. Okay, the majority of people right now are standing in. So if you all came up here and started sharing, you know, for Pastor Kathy, it's been a few bad days lately. There's been some, some things. We had a really good day yesterday, but prior to that with the death of her daddy, I'm in the front row on Sunday morning taking notes in my iPhone uh, while Pastor Brian and Karen Travail were sharing, and I get Kathy calling. Well, Kathy knows I'm in service, and then it just hits me. It's like, okay, uh, dad must have died, and I had to walk right out. And so Kathy gets the call. Kathy comes home from, from one day, uh, she's at the Kitchener Market in Waterloo, and she comes home one day, and the police are in her driveway. And she says, okay, what's going on here? They break into my house, what's going on? And the police says, uh, are you Kathy Doyle? And she says, yeah. She says, uh, we believe your husband was killed in a car wreck. Could you come to the morgue and identify the body? That's a deep sorrow, folks. That's pain that just doesn't go away. Go ahead and be seated now. Every one of you has a story of pain. Just so you know, we're not leaving you in the pain. Amen? We're going to get you out of there in a minute. I'm going to tell you about one of the most painful nights. I'm very, I, I, I don't think to this day, till this morning, I've ever shared December 23rd, almost 35 years ago, what transpired to me. After a war that actually went on for, since February of that year, going on and feeling that being ripped from me, able to share with my closest confidence in that time, Nello Palini, the leadership of the church. They were aware of everything. It was a pulling apart, pulling apart, just ripped to shreds. And then it all came. I met Pizza Hut on Tecumseh Road, having dinner one night with my family, with my kids. It was a tradition that we did. Tuesday was the cheap night over at Wheels Motor Inn where we went roller skating. Some of you know the, the stories. And so we went over there uh, afterwards and I'll never forget that night. She took off, left, and that was it. That was it. It was all over. And the preceding months and years to come afterwards was very, very disappointing, was very, very painful. Come on. We could talk about these here things in church. It's okay. It was very, very disheartening. It was very uh, brokenhearted. Did everything within my ability to try to help, to try to do. And it's like, what is going on? But you feel helpless at times. You feel like you're paralyzed. You feel like it's out of control. You feel like there's nowhere to go. And then the thoughts start hitting your mind like bullets, like machine guns, like boom, 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 boom. Failure, loser. Uh, everything you can imagine just going through my mind. And I'm saying, my God, we made an agreement prior to this year that it was going to take five years. Are you willing to make the sacrifices? Are you willing to give the time? Are you willing? Because if you're not, I didn't even want to go into ministry. I didn't even want to start the church. Come on. And so all my dreams and everything, it just gets bombarded and it breaks apart and falls apart. And then I feel like I'm falling apart. My emotions were damaged. My emotions were, were deep, the sorrow in the heart. And I remember December 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve, sitting on the couch in the front room all night long, just waiting to come home. Left, took the car at wheels. I'm helping my son, Timothy. This is how far long ago it was putting his shoelaces on for his skates. 
in helping him, and that's when, that's when it took place, right there at Wheels Inn. And I thought my life's over. I thought my ministry's over. I thought I was just all done, completely done. Matter of fact, the last thing on my mind I ever wanted to do was to ever speak again, was ever to preach. I was shamed. I was labeled. And people in the city, because the church had grown and was doing so well, were rejoicing. And he's done. It's over with. It was a painful time. It was a wicked time. It was a very, very disturbing time. And it was a very sorrowful time in heart. And I sense to share that story today because how many know God had his way? And how many know God brought my life back again? It didn't go in the timing I wanted. It didn't probably go the way that I wanted at the beginning. But God is a master at restoring lives. And you know, this is, this is just, I'm going to say this to you. On, on, at 2 p.m. Wednesday afternoon at WCF on July 24, I was working on my message for Sunday morning to prepare for Pastor RJ this here sermon here. And the Holy Spirit began to download some information to me. I'm in a writing mode right now. And so I'm speaking about Job's wife. I'm writing a book about the secret heroine of the Bible. I'm speaking on uh, different things, giving, forgiving, and thanksgiving that Pastor Jacob actually shared verse, verse for verse and quoted this, this morning from the wedding. So he was taking notes at the wedding yesterday of what he was going to share today because he shared everything. And so I say all that there because, listen, and, and this is what God said. He said, I am, uh, I am hearing the Holy Spirit say, it's time, it's time. It's time to get back up against the setbacks, the disappointments, and get out of the pity, get out of the pity, get out of the pity. I heard God say, get out of the sorrow and the anger, and it's time to break through the depression. It's time to break through to the person you're obsessed with. It's subtly controlling your life because of the sorrow that they have caused you, and you're stuck in a rut. And I heard God say clearly, it's time to get up again. Come on now. There's somebody watching by live stream that you're hearing the word of God. It's time to get back up again. There's a time to weep. There's a time to get, listen very carefully, to let things flow. But it's a time also to fight. It's a time to get back up. It's a time to quit spinning your wheels. It's a time to get out of the pity parties. Time to get out of the sorrow parties. Time to get out of the what of and what of the could ofs and the would ofs and the should ofs and start getting back up again in the race. God's not done with you. He wasn't done with the woman at the well. She had blown it so many times. She had got up, fallen, got up, fallen, got up, fallen, got up, fallen, disappointment, sorrow, frustration, but she got out, and after the Son of God, and she tasted of that river, she never went back to the old life, but she went on to live for God in her latter years. She died a martyr for God. She was an incredible hero to get back up. It's not how many times you've been knocked down, but it's the loser's the one that stays down. The winner, the champion, is the one that gets back up again, and God's saying, it's time to get back up again, and then the Holy Spirit said, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit quit rehearsing and nursing in your mind the one that disappointed you and seemingly ruined your life. Your life is not over, sir. Your life is not over, ma'am. You listen to me, you watch in my live stream. Your future is not ruined. It's been years now. Listen carefully. He said there was somebody that had been many, many years and you've spoken and consented with the lie that the enemy 
enemy said is my life is ruined. My life is over. Your life is not ruined. Your life is not over. Because listen, the disappointments can be the springboard into the future of what God has for you and the plans that you have. Listen, when Gideon was disappointed that the Midianites were taking all the crops and all the food, what happened? God had a visitation ready for them. And the disappointment and the sorrow that the Midianites had turned from the strifeful situation which Midian made was turned around and a victory came. And it wasn't the multitude, but it was the 300 men that went and kicked devil butt. I hear God telling you today, it's time to rise up and listen to the word that he gave me. He said in Isaiah 43, he said, but something new, for I am about to do. Everybody stand up for a moment. I'm sensing God strong right now. But I am about, lift up your hands right now. But I am about to do something new. God says, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. There's men and women here. You've been in a wilderness you've been separated from God you've been in an experience that has been just devastating in your life and God says listen very carefully I'm doing something new I'm with you in the wilderness he said it's been a dry season for others but what did he say out there I'm making a river for you to get into it's time to get out of the ruts it's time to get out of the depression it's time to get out of the heaviness it's time to quit allowing the disappointments of the past to dictate the future that God has for you. Sir, ma'am, get out of that sorrow. Get out of that past. Get out of that pain. You can make the choice today. I'm going to worship this God of mine and spirit of truth. I'm going to hold back in God. Amen. Amen. One more word. Somebody here inside says over and over, and I highlighted the word daily. This wasn't just a fleeting moment or thought. It's been daily rehearsed. It's been daily nursed. And he said this, you said it's too late. I've ruined my life. It's never going to change. I hear the Holy Ghost saying, as I heard him on Wednesday, I hear the Holy Ghost saying, because listen, cast down the enemy's lies. I'll say it again. Cast down down the enemy's lies destroy the enemy's accusation he's still called in the bible the accuser of the brother and when you confess your sins your failures your shortcomings your mistakes your wrong choices your past decision he's faithful he's just to forgive you of your sins and folks not to tease you not to taunt you but to cleanse you from all unrighteousness the enemy's unrighteous lies have been penetrating into the souls of men and women in the church and it's time today to rise up. It's time today to slay the giants of the past. Can you say amen? He said, rise up, woman of God. Rise up, man of God. There's a fresh starting gate for you to come back in the race of life. I've not forgotten you, says God. I've not. What have I spoken over your life prophetically? It's going to come to pass. But he says, you need to start decreeing it. You need to start speaking it. You need to start establishing it. There's been people in the house right now that you've not guarded your heart. The Bible 
Bible says for out of it comes the issues of life. You've allowed the issues of life carefully for the enemy to get a hook inside of you to make you despondent, to make you just disappointed and live a frustrated life, live a life of defeat, live a life of shame, live a life of hollowness. And now it's even brought you to a place of loneliness. But the Holy Spirit is here today to woo you, to draw you, that it's time to pick back up. It's time to get your fight back in. It's time today to aggress. You're in a war and you haven't even recognized the war that is going on. It's a battle to destroy your mind. It's a battle to make you. And there's even people that said, I'm going crazy. I can't get my thoughts right. And God is saying, I'm clearing out the confusion today because I'm starting something new, sir. I'm starting something new, ma'am, on the inside of you today. Can you not see it? As long as you park in the wilderness, as long as you stay in the dry places, you're not going to have it. The Bible said when the unclean spirit is cast out it goes to the dry places where the word is not being heard where the word is not being read where the word of God is not nourishing but your choices are being made by humanistic philosophies and the ways of the world but God's saying today is your time sir it's your time man to shift it out shift the gears today quit whining at first shift it into second and watch what God does inside of your life you can be seated How many have had a really bad day in your life? You think you've had a bad day? Think about this one. Because part of the victory is knowing that you're not alone with the disappointments in life. You're not alone with the sorrows in life. You can't read through your Bible and see the good men and good women that bad things happen to them. You can't see that the pathway to opportunities was always adversity, was always disappointment, was always sorrow. Remember the Bible said weeping, that's sorrow. It may endure. That means it doesn't want to leave. It wants to prolong. It may endure for the night. But he said, but joy cometh in the morning. Can you say amen? I'm just sensing there's people been weeping for a long time and just as they were weeping over the body of Saul, just as they were weeping over Moses, yeah, the, the scripture said Moses is dead, guys. It's time to move up. God has a whole new Joshua season for your life, but you'll never get to the Joshua season as long as you're holding on to the past. Can you say amen? amen. So listen to this here if you think you've had a bad day. He said over there, one day, this is in Job 1, verse number 12, new living. One day, Job's sons and daughters were feasting at their old brother's house. A messenger arrived at Job's house with the news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys, feeding beside them. And when the Sabaeans raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. In other words, now Job's, all of his employers that had the responsibility of over 7,000 oxen and, and yokes of donkeys, they were all killed. So it wasn't just the animals, it was all the workers. And who's going to go home and tell all the families, your husband was just killed. Who's going to go home and tell you that your wife just died in the field? Who's going to home? The only one was this one guy, but also Job, who was the one that actually hired him on. And then the scripture says on that same, when the Sabaeans raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Then I said, while he was still speaking, the one disappointment hadn't even hit, hadn't even finished, had no time to process the sorrow 
inside out. And then the second one comes and hits and says, while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with the news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. Not only were the sheep, listen very carefully, burned up, but also the shepherds died in this firestorm, whatever kind that it was. Could you imagine that what Job is going through his mind now? Man, this is a bad day. This, this is a bad day, okay? I just lost all my crops. I just, I just lost all, my, all, all the corn. I, excuse me, I just lost all my donkeys. I just lost all my oxen. Now my sheep I lost and all my herds. God, what, what am I gonna do? And then listen, while he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with the news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you and while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Isn't it amazing when the devil hits and he starts, and, and people say this was God doing it. No, no, I don't believe it was God at all. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came to give you life more abundantly. Come on. Amen. And it's a, the devil it, it hit one blow to knock him down. And then he comes with another, and then he comes with another. If you look at the word diabolos, you look at the word, it's from dia and bolos. It literally means one blow after the next blow after the next blow. Tied into everyday life. One disappointment after the next disappointment after the next disappointment. But there's a second part to that verse. A sudden good break is going to turn it around. Come on. So it goes on and then it says, and while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with the news. Your sons and your daughters. He had 10 kids. They were feasting in the oldest brother's home and suddenly a powerful wind swept in, a tornado of some kind in the wilderness and it hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And Job stood up and tore his robe in grief and then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. You think you had a bad day? He lost everything in one day. But you know what? There's a lot of things that I can share on right now on that. But I'm sensing there's been loss. I'm sensible many have been stuck in the valley of, if you want to call it, disappointments. And you've been in a season of sorrow. And God told me to tell you that it's time to turn the page today. He said, don't leave here till you turn that page. Now, I want everybody to stand as we close with this last reference over here. There's so many things that I want to share and that I can share, but I think it's very, very important that you hear the word of the Lord. Are you there? So nine months, everybody say nine nine months. Nine months went by, and here's Job now. His wife, in the bitterness of her soul, from all the loss and all the damage, she said, why don't you just curse God, Job? Why don't you just die? Why don't you just give up on God? And I'm just sensing there's people in here that you've even been questioning about giving up on God. Listen, God's not the one that's late. God's not the one that's delaying. But as long as you embrace the enemy's hooks, you're in a stuck. Listen to the final thing that Pastor Rick Sr. is saying today. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job... He said to Eliphaz, and by the way, the whole conversation, it was all corrected. The things that Job had said, Eliphaz. The things there were truly stated, but they were not necessarily statements of truth. Example is, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be his name. It wasn't the Lord that was taking away. It was Satan that came and destroyed. It was Satan that came and put the boils on him. Come on now. And a lot of people blame God for the works that the enemy does. But listen to what it says. 
It says, I am angry with you and your two friends. He said that to the Eliphaz the Temanite. And he says, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and will accept the prayer on your behalf. I want all the leaders of this house, all the home leaders, all the leaders, the pastors, the board, the elders, and your spouses to come down here and face the people right now. I want you all down here now. Come on down right away, right away. And, and, and look, at what, look at what it says over there, okay? When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. The Lord, in fact, not only did he give him, he gave him twice as much as before. Twice as much. Twice as much. Come on up, Leo. Come on up. Come on up. Bring your eyes. Come on up. Kevin, come on up here. Gina, come on up here. Come on. Come on. Carol, come on up here. Come on up here. It says the Lord gave him twice as much as before. And then all his brothers and sisters and friends, former friends, came and feasted with him at home. And they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against Job him and each of them brought him a gift of money a gold ring so that the lord blessed job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning come on for now he had 14,000 sheep he started with seven 6,000 camels started with three and a thousand team of oxen started with 500 and a thousand female donkeys started with 500 he also gave job seven more sons and three more daughters and that's the writing of my new book on Job's wife the secret hero because they got back up again and the daughters listened very carefully he named the first daughter Jemima the second Kezia and the third one was Karen Kapuch in all the land there were no women as lovely as the daughters of Job and their father put them into his will along with their brothers and Job lived 140 years after that say after that living to see four generations of his children and his grandchildren and then then he died an old man who had lived a long life. How many can say amen? amen? I don't have time to get it, but listen very carefully. If you want your life restored back again, then God's going to do it in a process of day by day. You need to be connected to the body. You need to be with friends. You need to be with fellowship. The enemy wants to isolate you and pull you away, but God wants you to be connected more than you've ever been before. If you're not in a small group, get in one. If you're not in helps ministry, get in one. You need to get connected. You need involved because all you need is Jesus. No, Jesus is the head, but he's the body of Christ and we all need one another and everybody said. Amen. The second daughter's name literally means an aroma that came up. She started to cream and there was a sweet smell that came upon her life that attracted the presence of God to her life. Her and her husband got back on. He had 10 more kids. We'll leave that for another time. And the third thing was Karen Kabuch was the last one. She put the makeup on. She got the face paint on and she started walking out with a new confidence with her head back up and the two of them got restored. It's time for you to start reframing your life to start to build on the future that God has for you. God brought Kathy into my life. She's been a part of the restoration, but it was God that caused my life to come back again, and he wants to do it for yours. If any of the prophetic words had hit your heart and touched your heart, I want you to come down now and, and join with the team right now. Get out of your seat. Come on down right now and allow the spirit of grace to come on you. Allow the spirit of God, the things that I spoke about, about the hopeless one, the fearful one, the one that's stuck in the rut. It's time 
to get out of spinning your wheels. Come on right now and just join them. Just join your faith along with them right now. Hold their hands up right now. There's some men, there's some women in the room that have been so beaten down, have been so tormented in your minds. It's time that we use the authority that God has given us and cast off the enemy, break his strongholds off of their life. It's time to rise up as a champion today, men and women of God. It's time. It's time for the pages to turn inside of your life. It's time for your life to come back. Get out of the pity trip. Don't wallow in it any longer. Don't stay any longer. Don't sink any further. It's time to put the chain onto the bumper of your car that's been in the rut for years and spinning the wheels. Sir, ma'am, it's a new day for you today. As you're there waiting for prayer, put your hands up and begin to decree. It's a new day. It's a new beginning that God has for my life. It's a new start. I'm coming out today. I'm breaking out today. I'm no longer going to allow that person to control my life, but I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit today to control my life. It's a new day. There's a new page for me. It's not over in my life. My life is not ruined. My life is not hopeless. My life is hopeful. I hear God say, how long it says in Psalm 13, will you forget about me? David said forever. And then he said, I'm going to put my trust in his unfailing love. Your answer is God. Your hope is God. Your faith is in God. The mercies of God are here today to forgive and to pull you out of that pit. Everybody out there, start praying for your brothers and sisters that are here. I'm sensing that there's 13 more people that you're down there. You're still stuck and you stubbornness has hindered you. Stubbornness has been a vice over your life and God's saying you come down and you get prayer. Why? Because you've tried to make it on your own and it's got you nowhere but I want to humble you today. I want you to come and as you come you watch and see what the Holy Spirit is going to do inside you because I placed you in the body of Christ to nurture you to build you, to strengthen you, to give you a new hope to give you a new forgiveness, to give you a new start and to give you a new life and everybody said amen and amen, amen. Everybody began to pray now in your heavenly language, begin to pray in the spirit by the grace of God begin to pray, begin to intercede take the bullets, take the hits God's turning things around God's restoring life, you need to bless your enemies, you need to pray for the enemies, you need to quit rehearsing what they did and what could have been, would have been and should have been and you need to start rehearsing the promises of God that God started a good work and he's going to perform that good work right up into the day of Jesus Christ, there's people at the screen right now that you need deliverance, you need prayer you need hope, you need to pull out of where the darkness has kept you and blinded your eyes. Everybody in the room begin to pray out loud. Everybody in the room begin to intercede as if it was your mama, as if it was your daddy, as if it was your son, as if it was your daughter, as if it was your child. It's all our nation. We can pray together and believe and get out and vote. But let's begin to believe for Canada. Let's begin to believe that God's going to raise up righteousness back into the nation once again. It's not going to be decreed by the humanistic philosophies and end up a goat nation but it's going to be a sheep nation by the power of God's grace and spirit hallelujah Lord hallelujah father give them wisdom at the altar give them understanding at the altar release great grace upon them at the altar in Jesus name